You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I've been uh, teaching a series that we titled Praying with Purpose, and we've been going through a series of questions that we're answering like, how do we pray? I don't know how to pray. How how do I pray? Uh, We're looking at Jesus' prayers in the New Testament to give us an idea, and so we we found out how do we pray uh, two weeks ago. Last week, we looked at the question, why do I pray? And we looked at some biblical answers from, from, from that question. And, and if you didn't, were not able to be here, I would uh, encourage you to go to our podcast and listen to the, the message online. Um, and then today, I thought that the, the, the logical question to ask would be, what do I pray for? What am I supposed to pray for? Um, we're going to look at a, a, a passage in the Bible in John 17, and Jesus is praying right before, right before he's going to go to the cross. It's called the high priestly prayer. And in that prayer, he prays for three specific things. First thing, he prays for himself. He says, Father, I've glorified you here on this earth. Glorify me with the same glory that I had with you before the foundation of the world. He prays for his disciples, the ones that were walking with him at that time, all of the, the apostles, you know, Peter and John and James and Andrew and Bartholomew and all of the, the, the apostles. And then he prays for us. And I want us to look at what he prayed for the modern church. Jesus was like uh, an explorer that goes into a, into a land that he's never explored before. And as he goes into this, this beautiful land, he says, I've never been here before. He, he came to this earth, and he took on the form of a man, and he had never done that before because he's a God of glory. And yet he came and he explored this land, and he took on our identity. He became like people. He, he felt pain. He felt sadness. He, he felt hunger and all these things that we feel. He identified with us, and yet he never sinned. But as he looks at this place and he begins to pray, it's like an explorer, but he sees into the horizon like an explorer saying, there's a lot more to explore. And he prays this prayer, kind of speaking into a place that is in the future because Jesus can see the trees as well as the forest. And so we come to this place where he's going to pray for us. And it teaches me, and I hope it teaches you, what am I supposed to be praying for? So we're going to go to John 17. We're going to go to verse 20 through 23. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, it's on your outline. It'll be on the screen as well. We're looking at the NIV Bible, and I want to pray a blessing over our, our, our message. Father, thank you, for, thank you for you. Thank you for you being God. You alone are God. There's no one like you. So I just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, and I pray your blessing upon every word that I speak. Pray, Lord, that I will be very clear, and my words will be very intelligent and intelligible, Lord God, so that people will leave here saying, I understood something that I never understood before. I pray for a blessing over every person, every ear, as, as JJ prayed, over every ear, every, every heart, for uh, the ability to hear your voice and the ability to receive 
what you have for us. And more than anything, Lord, we thank you that you're here, that your presence is here by the Holy Spirit. And so I pray that everything that is done and said in this second service will bring glory to the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Jesus said, my prayer is not for them alone. There he's saying it's not for the, peop- the, the men that, and women that are with me right here, but it's not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. He's talking about the future right there. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Let's just pause right now and think about that. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This prayer is so important to us because in this prayer, you will not find another one in the New Testament. The New Testament is the story of Jesus. It's when Jesus was born, his ministry, and his death and resurrection. You won't find a prayer like it It's the most intentional prayer where he's actually praying for the church of today. He's saying some very specific things that we all need to understand. It reveals the heart of God. It reveals the heart of Jesus. And it teaches me what to pray for. What do I pray for? The first thing that it teaches me, we should pray for unity. We should pray for unity. Now think about this. Jesus could have prayed, Father, I pray for the marriages of the people that, that give their lives to me. Or I pray for their families. Everyone that is going to be a follower, I pray for their families. I pray for their jobs. He could have said, Father, I pray, with, I, I, I pray that you prosper them with prosperity. Because those are the things that we pray for. Don't we pray for our families? I mean, when you begin to pray, don't you say, Lord, I pray that you bless my kids. I pray, Lord God, that they will stop making mistakes, that they will live a life that's going to be a, a, the true and, and, and narrow on the straight and narrow. We pray for our, our jobs. Lord God, I pray that you bless me with a job, but not only a job, Lord, I pray that you bless me with a job where I'll make a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And I don't have to work that much either, Lord. Just, just pray, you know, I don't have to work real hard, just make a lot of money. You know, Lord, me and you, hey, we'll do it together. We pray for, you know, all these different things. But Jesus didn't pray for that. As he thought about the future, he didn't pray that for us. Now, does he care about these things? Of course he does. But he didn't pray for that. He focused his prayer on unity. He prayed that we would be one with God the Father and one with the Son. When is the last time that you prayed? You know, I know all of you, every person in here, I know you've prayed. I mean, you might have just prayed a desperate prayer like, oh, Lord, don't let me get into a wreck or, you know, whatever. But when is the last time that you prayed, Father, let me be one with you. Let me be in unity 
with you. It's not something that is common to us. But why is it so important that we pray for unity? Why is it so important? Why did Jesus, at the, at the very end of his life, right before that he was going to go to the cross, this is probably before Gethsemane, and he, and he goes before the Father, why, as he was praying for the church of the future, why did he pray for unity? Because if we're not united, we'll be separated. If we're not united, we'll be at each other's throat. We'll be at each other's, instead of being a blessing to each other, we'll be a curse to each other. Amen? And as I look at, at how important it was for us to love one another, for us to look at each other through the lens of Jesus, the lens of the cross, I see two very important things about unity. I see that there has to be spiritual unity. Before we came to Christ, all of us were dead in our sins. In fact, Jesus told Nicodemus, who was a religious leader, a man who knew a lot about, about religion. Everyone respected him, and he came to Jesus by night, and he said, and, and this is the same book, the same gospel, the gospel of John, chapter 3. He comes to Jesus. He says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? What do I need to do? To be saved. What do I need? And Jesus looked at him and he said, you need to be born again. Because Nicodemus, just like every single one of us, have a dilemma and a problem. And that is that we're dead in our sins. And that the only way that we can be united with God is to be made spiritually alive. And the only way that that will happen is if we're born of God. See, all of us have natural descent. You know, J.J., my son, he, he came, he was birthed out of, you know, uh, Shauna, and, and he came from her, her and I DNA, and, and I thank the Lord for him. I thank him for, for his physical birth. I thank him that he is a Reese. But more than anything, my prayer is that he'll be a child of God, that he'll walk in the things of God, that he'll come and, 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 and receive Christ. See, when you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are born again, and you are spiritually united to God. You are one with him. And so Jesus is speaking about the importance of this spiritual unity. Relationship like the Godhead. The Godhead is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit where the Father, at the, at the baptism of Jesus from heaven, the Father, he, 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 he speaks and he says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. They were in unity. The Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove and it landed on Jesus. And Jesus, when he talks about the Holy Spirit, he says, you can blaspheme the Father, you can blaspheme the Son, but you cannot blaspheme the Holy Spirit because we are in unity. The Holy Spirit whom, whom we, we learn from Scripture that we cannot even call on the name of Jesus. Just like that phone call right now. We can't call on the name of Jesus. They're calling on the name of Jesus. I believe that. You can't call on the name of Jesus without the Holy Spirit because you, we can't even call him Lord. Why? Because they're in Unity. And Jesus, in his earthly ministry, he said, I did not come to do my will, but I came to do the will of my Father who was in heaven. Why? Because they were in unity. Three persons, one God, 
in perfect unity and oneness. And beloved, when we come to Christ, we come desperate, we come full of failures, we come with a bunch of mishaps, but he brings us through the blood of Jesus into unity with God. And spiritually, we're united with him. Ain't that amazing? Jesus said, he prayed, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. That all of them would be one. That, that Lord, as you bring them in, the, as they become the body of Christ, that they will be one spiritually. But when we pray, we pray things like, Lord, you know, we really want for God to do things for us so that somehow, somehow, we will receive some kind of glory. Somehow people say, man, he's so awesome. Oh, you know, I have people sometimes come up to me and say, man, that was awesome. Oh, that was great, Pastor. That was awesome. And I just, I love him. I'm like, tell me more. Tell me more. But the reality is Jesus never prayed that way. He never prayed, you know, Lord, let it be about me. He always prayed, Father, let, me, let your name be glorified. Let your will be done. I saw a video this week that really touched me. It was on Facebook, and, and let me give you the, 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 the kind of the thrust of it. So this, this grandma and grandpa go and visit their, uh, I don't know if son or daughter, but they visit their grandkids, and the grandma comes out of the car, and she comes to the door, and the door's open, and she opens her arms ready to greet her granddaughter. And the granddaughter has not, wants nothing to do with that, and she runs around, and she runs to her grandpa, because grandpa's rock. And so what you find out is that the grandma opened up her, her hands and the grandfather opened up his chest and said, look at me. Can we show that video real quick? I thought it was really cool. So here comes the granddaughter and she said, oh, look at the grandma. Nope. <laughs> look at grandpa. Look at grandpa. Watch. Hup. And so the reality here is that we see... When we pray, we, we really want our life to be like that, that people will be so happy with us. And it makes me think about Jesus. You know, when Jesus started out his ministry, everybody loved him. He healed everyone. He would, he would heal the, 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 the blind. He would let them have eyes to see. He fed the hungry. He fed 5,000 at one time. He fed 4,000 another time. Everyone wanted to crown him king. They, they, wanted, they wanted to force him to be their king. But Jesus knew their heart. And the Bible text right there where it says they wanted to crown him as king. And Jesus knew their heart. And the Bible says because it was not time for him to be glorified. And can I tell you when it was time for him to be glorified? When he went to the cross. At the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, everybody loved him, and everyone's going, rah, 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 go Jesus, go Jesus, rah, 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 go Jesus, go Jesus. Stay with me. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and at the end of his earthly ministry, they weren't going, rah, 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 go Jesus. They were going, crucify him, crucify him. Isn't it like that with us sometimes? Don't we say, rah, 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 go, go. Rah, 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 go Obama, go Obama. Rah, 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 go Trump, go Trump. Rah, rah. And two years into it, we hey, 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 we hate you, we hate you. 
You didn't like that? But he teaches us, and I want you to think about that even in the, in the earthly perspective with our country. Our country was great because for the most part we were united. Amen? When people would come across to, from other lands to see this country, when people were wanting to cross into, the, into this land, it was because there was something special. And that's exactly in a greater content and context is how the church is supposed to be. There's something special about the church because we are one with the almighty God. His love is our love. His grace is our grace. His directive is our directives. And it has nothing to do with the name of a church. It has nothing to do with, a, with your denomination. It has nothing to do with an institution. It has everything to do with the blood of Jesus Christ. It has everything to do with the people that are called by his name. That have trusted in his grace and forgiveness that comes through the cross. The unity that we have with the Father and with the Son comes through believing what Jesus has done for you and for you. Now, when that happens, that spiritual unity becomes tangible unity. And if I had an outline, I would be writing, tangible unity is important. Tangible is what you can see, what you can feel, what you can, what you can hear. You know, tangible unity that we together collectively at Living Word Chapel, but all over the world, God's people are doing great things. At Living Word Chapel, we come together tangibly, united, and we, we give funds to schools. We give funds to other people. We go out, we pray for people. We, we, we put feet and hands to the ministry of Christ. Because Jesus prayed, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And just the way that the Father sent Jesus, and everywhere that Jesus went, he made an impact. Everywhere that Jesus went, people came to him. Can I tell you that God's people, when you're doing the work of the Lord, when you're walking in the oneness of God, everywhere you go, people will say, can you pray for me? Can you help me? Will you do this for me? I'm thinking about a person right now that he came to this church about a year ago, never been in a church before since he was a, probably a little kid, didn't have God in his life. And what changed his whole mindset was the love that he felt from people. To where this week I got a phone call from someone because I said, go check on him. He lives in another place, another city. Go check on him. And as they walked in the door, he was looking out the, the window of his house all alone, nobody around. And as, he, as this person talked to, to this individual and they said, you know what? God loves you and we're here just to, just to say hi. He said, I miss Arizona so much. I miss being at your parents' house. I miss this and that. Can I tell you why? Because of the oneness that we have with God. Amen. People need to know that God cares because God does care. And the only way that they know is if we do tangible things. 
It's more than sitting on a, on, a, on, a, on a chair or on a pew on Sunday morning. It's about receiving the love of God and letting his love be extended to a people and a world who need to see that he's real. He said, they will believe in me. And can let me tell you something that's so important. What I love about Living Word, what I love about churches that are looking out for the purposes of God is when things begin to come up. Because the devil, he's a liar. He's, he's going to be on fire. He wants to penetrate and separate. And so he comes in and there's ministries that are being attacked because God is making some life change. And so ministries get attacked and one person's talking about another person. And what we don't do at Living Word is we don't gossip. We do not talk about other people. If you come and talk to me about someone, I'll say, okay, stop, time out, go talk to them. Don't tell me, go talk to them. And make it right. And if you need a witness, we're going to get an unbiased witness, someone that's not going to take your side so that they can look at it and say, hey, I see that there's two people at fault here. And let there be healing that takes place. The tangible unity that we have is a unity that we allow God to produce in us so that we can walk in his love and in his grace and in his forgiveness. I know that I can do nothing without Jesus. I tried. For 20-some years, I walked without God. I had religion. Religion don't do nothing for you but make you religious. But when Jesus came into my life, I found out that with him, I can do things that I cannot do without him. Jesus said this. He said, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, those who are united with me, those who are in oneness with me, and I in them, they will produce a lot of good things. They will produce God things. They will produce God results. They will produce fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I tell you why unity is so important? Because as we're united with God, we're united with Jesus, we're united with the Holy Spirit, we can produce things that we could never produce without him. We can love people like we never could without him. We can forgive people like we never could without him. We can have peace that we could never produce without him. And we could have joy that this world cannot duplicate. That's why at Living Word we offer classes where you can connect, and you can grow, and you can serve, and you can reach. So a good action step, for, if you've never taken the Connect class, a good action step today is, is to take the next step and sign up for our connection, connection class, Connect 101, because then you'll find the purposes of God. And I'll tell you right now, beloved, the more that you put into the things of God, the more you're going to receive the things of God the more you're going to walk in God's peace. We also have small groups all over the place because Sunday morning is not enough for you to grow in the purposes of God. It's not enough. Think about it. If you invested an hour a day into your kids during the week, one hour out of a week, how would your kids come out? We 
We got to invest every day. And at Living Word, we don't say every day, but we say one day a week into a small group where you have fellowship with, with tw- uh, 10 or 12 people, where you, people build you up, where they strengthen you, where the, you're there with, and you do life together. So today's a great day to take the next, next step and connect to a small group. Now, the second thing that we pray for is favor. Jesus said, pray for favor. And I'll tell you what he meant by that. The single most important thing in life is for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to say it again. The single most important thing in your life is not the car you're going to buy. It's not the house you're going to buy. The single most important thing that you'll ever do in your life is to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now, the second most important thing that we can do is for you to share his message with others. That person that was sitting alone in his room, in that house alone, I've shared that message with him. Now he's got a choice. But as he went away, God is working on his heart. Because this was a hard person. This was a person that would cuss you out. This was a person that... People would think he will never come to God. He's at the place right now where he, it's only him and God. And can I tell you, he's putty in God's hands. Jesus, Jesus gives us favor when we talk to people. Did you know that? Not to be religious. The worst thing that we can be with people is be religious. The worst thing we can do with people is taunt them with the Bible. The Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. The best thing we can do is share the love of God. Be an example to them. Let God move through us. Jesus says, I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. What does a witness do when you have a witness on a jury or in a courtroom? That, that witness will testify about the things that they saw, about the things that happened. We testify about the goodness of Jesus. You know, when I talk about Jesus, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't only talk about him in church. I talk to him about him everywhere I go because I just give testimony of how good he is. He's better than a new car. He's better than a new house because those things fade. Jesus is new every day. Jesus put an emphasis for his people to have favor. He put an emphasis. There is nobody in your life, there is nobody in your life that God has not placed there. And he placed them there so that they could hear the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Because he's not dead, he's alive. We don't serve a dead Savior. We serve a Savior who's alive and well. He rose from the dead on the third day, and that's what separates us from every other people. Jesus was 12 years old, and the Bible says this about him. This is Jesus. This is our Lord. It says this. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in, say with me, and in favor with God and all the people. You know, there's, there's people that I have in my life that are very close to me, and God has given them immense favor. 
There's young, there's young, young men and young women that they, they, they'll call me and stuff, and, and we'll be talking, and they'll tell me, man, this is happening. These positive things are going on. Um, and I tell them, God is giving you favor. But it's not for you to have this great job promotion. Now, that's all secondary. Yes, that's wonderful. Yes. It's good to have a good job. It's good to advance. You're supposed to. You're supposed to be a blessing at work. You're not supposed to go to work and for them to pay you for not doing nothing. Because they're not paying you. God is. God is allowing them to put money in your, into your hands. That's why when we give, it's not about, oh, I worked so hard. Can I, well, yeah, you worked hard, but that's God's blessing that you get a paycheck. It's God giving you, allowing to be a good steward of what he gave you. And so we get to this place, and I talk to people, and, and they, they, God gives them favor, and I always tell them, the most important thing is you recognize that this is because of Jesus. Because Jesus found favor with God and people. And the most important thing that we should pray for, beloved, once we're saved, once we give our life to Jesus, man, that's hallelujah, right? That's when you can do the... But once that happens, the greatest thing you pray for is for you to be able to reach people. That no one will be left behind. That everyone will acknowledge Jesus as their Savior. Paul said this. He said, Paul, the Apostle Paul said, pray for me. Pray for me to ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. And the good news is for, I mean, that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. In other words, there's no distinction. It's for everybody. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Jesus prayed, Lord, give him favor. Paul said, Pray for me so I'll have favor. We, every Tuesday, there's a team, as we're going to go to the Copper Corridor, because we're believing that there'll be many people from, from uh, Dudleyville, from Arvipa, from uh, Hayden, Winkleman, from uh, Superior, Kearney, all of those places. We believe that God is going to bring people into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And every Tuesday at 9 o'clock, we have individuals that pray right here. Let's get together and they say, Lord, we ask for your favor. Bless people, Lord. Open up eyes. Open up hearts. Open up lives. Here's your action step. Pray for God's, pray daily for God's favor and open doors as you share the message of Christ. Every day we should pray, Lord God, give me an opportunity. If you're in college, if you're at a university, pray, God, give me an open door so I can share your love. If you're at work, Pray for an open door. In Christ, God has graced us with his glory so we could bring glory to him through our lives. Think about it. Jesus has graced me with his glory so that I can bring glory to him through my life. He prayed, he said, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Then the world will know that you sent me and you've loved them even as you have loved me. Let me think with me, think with me, think with me. How much did the Father love Jesus? How much? This much? This much? I would say, yeah, I can't, get, I can't go anymore. If I go this way, it's less. If I go, uh, 
this much. If he loved Jesus this much, it means it never ends. I love, love, love. How much does he love you? Makes us rock with our head up high because he's given us his glory. open up our hearts I believe this God brought someone here today because today's the day that you're going to receive Jesus as your savior you didn't just come here for a sermon you came here because your heart's open to God God wants to change your life forever because he loves you so much because his plan for you is so great So I want you to pray this prayer with me if this is you. And and just allow Jesus to come into your life by opening your heart and confessing him as your Lord. God, I am a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. And I'm so tired of trying to live my life in my own power and in my own understanding. Today I choose to turn from my ways and embrace yours by receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I confess that he died for all of my sins on the cross at Calvary. And I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. I choose to follow him from this day forward in the fellowship of the church. Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, everyone keep their heads bowed. I just feel really led this morning too. Now, if you prayed that prayer, this is just between you and God. Nobody else has to, to know. But will you raise your hand and say, that's me? Just say, Lord God, I, yes, yes. Lord, I see it. Beautiful. I see those hands. Praise God. I see that hand, bro. Praise God for that. That's awesome. I see your hand in the back. God loves you very much. He saw that hand go up. That's the most important thing. Yes, I see your hand right there as well. I see your hands. And most importantly, God sees your hand. Wow, yeah, I see your hand back there too. Now, here's the thing. The most important thing is you're saying, Jesus, yes, I need you. And in heaven right now, the angels are going, cumbia, or whatever they do. And they're marking you down. They're saying, this guy and this girl are heaven bound because their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. What a wonderful, wonderful thing you've done. Now you can look at me. Let's just give God a big hand for what he did today. Whew, it got hot in here. God loves you. He's got a great plan for you. If you're here with us and you're new, you're a guest, we're going to take an offering right now. Don't even feel any obligation to give. You are our gift today. You're our gift. Everyone else, we give with cheerful hearts. We want to honor God. And as we think of our change for change, remember, we want to bless God and we want to bless other people as we do so. Amen. It's all standing. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.